0: This is the Detroit CityCast with Dan Leach, presented by Bett Rivers. And welcome in, fine citizens. What's going on? Welcome to the fantastic Friday edition of the Detroit CityCast. I'm about to get on a plane to Las Vegas. Also, media day today for uh, the KLAA, the conference that we cover primarily for my WHMI High School Football Games of the Week, now the award-winning Michigan Association of Broadcaster award-winning Uh High school game of the week, so very excited about what's happening over the next few weeks. And NFL preseason lines open tonight. I'm excited to see how the hard knocks effect continues on. Uh, we got golf this week in the FedEx Cup playoffs. Uh, we'll have a full recap, of course, on the Manic Money Show about my travails in Vegas. It's always it's always an adventure. It's always crazy in the best possible way. And of course, as I told you yesterday, we got my man Terry Foster the Detroit media legend that will join us in a little bit. We'll talk Tigers, Michigan, Michigan State, and of course the Lions. So look forward to talking with the T-Man, the T-Swiz, uh, one of my all-time favorite media members, but also one of my all-time favorite people. So look forward to talking uh, to Terry coming up in just a little bit. Let's take a trip to the Motown betting window brought to you by great friends at ben Rivers, And calling all baseball fans this week, Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is your home for same game parlay bets and bets on all professional baseball games. Create your ideal same game parlay of over three legs and receive up to three 50% profit boost. That's right. Get a 50% profit boost when you place qualifying same game parlay wagers this week only. Head over to BetRivers.com or download the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app for more details. Must be 21, playable in Michigan only. Gambling problem, call 800. 800- 270-7117. All right, we'll start with the Detroit Tigers that start a series with the White Sox, and as they look for a new general manager, we'll see all the different news that comes out with that. If you missed my show uh, yesterday, the Throwdown Thursday show, with my man Cody Stavenhagen, the beat writer for the Tigers from The Athletic. Uh, please check that out. A really good conversation with Cody about the timing of the firing, what the future could hold. Will the fans of Detroit have to go through another rebuild with the Tigers? All great stuff from Cody I can Also have some clips of that on my Twitter at danleach971. But the Tigers play on after the loss to the Indians on Thursday. They dropped to forty-three and seventy. Remember, they were a seventy-win team, almost eighty-win team, seventy-seven wins to be exact last year. Now they have lost seventy games on August eleventh disgusting but welcome back Daniel Norris once looked at as possibly being a top level starter for the Tigers he is back he is 0-4 on the season with a 6-9-0 ERA he will get the start for the Tigers Ko-pack for the White Sox 4-8 on the season with a 3-3-8 ERA and taking a look at the line at Bet Rivers White Sox no surprise big favorite minus 240 Tigers comeback plus 198 White Sox run line minus one and a half Tigers plus one and a half minus 105 on the White Sox by the way minus, one and a half minus 114, the total 8.5, both over-under, minus 110. And as we've had for a while now, no opinion on this game. I just don't trust the Tigers. I don't see any value in taking totals right now because their offense is so inconsistent. Daniel Norris getting his first start in forever for Detroit. I think the White Sox are going to sweep the Tigers in this series. I'm not laying the 235. I'm not laying the run line. Stay away. And as I've told you over and over again, there is nothing wrong with staying away from taking certain games we know we're here in Detroit we know we love the Tigers the Pistons the Red Wings the Wolverines uh you know the Lions whoever it is the team that you love you don't have to always bet them and to be honest going back years for me when I like first started betting if I had not bet Lions and Michigan games I would have a lot more money right now because yeah I won a bunch of their games but there were so many times where I just was making wishful bets or homer plays and they would cost me four leg parlays or huge bets that I made where the Lions won the game but did cover. The Lions should have won the game and screwed up in the last two seconds like they always do. It's okay to not wager on a game for a team that you love. It will help your profitability. And We do that with you here on the show. We try to give you great plays and teach you strategies and, you know, look for value in bets and props and futures, etc., I think right now you just stay away from the Detroit Tigers. There's no, there's a lot of other baseball games to bet if you like baseball. I occasionally will give other games out on here. I give a lot of them out when I as, when I'm a guest uh, on the network on Veasan. Uh, but we obviously we focus on on Detroit sports here. And as far as the Tigers go, stay away. I, I don't even have any leans for you in this game. I think the White Sox are going to score a lot of runs against Daniel Norris, but I'm still not betting the total and I'm still not taking the White Sox. Just don't see the value. Would it shock you? The Tigers swept the White Sox. Yeah, it would shock me, but. The way the Tigers have been this year, and there's times where they just pull some great play out of their, you know what, for a three or four or five game stretch, or even over like a week or so, like they did with the Guardians, you know, and obviously uh, had a big win, uh, an upset over Max uh, Clayton Kershaw uh, when he was healthy with the Dodgers, and that uh, great Bo Bobreski start uh, a few months ago. So just to stay away from me on this, uh, taking a look at what's going on at the St. Jude Classic, remember we... Talk about you know backing up some of our bets or if you didn't make one of the plays that we have, uh, see what the odds are and the value is uh, You know, going forward with day number two based on when you're going to listen to the show. But really for the weekend, and I'll be out in Vegas, but I'll be tweeting you and letting you know if I want to add on like we did last week with Brandon Wu, who was a solid add-on. Uh, we did also add on Sebastian Munoz, which didn't, work, which didn't work out for us, but there definitely could be some plays over the weekend. Uh, but let's let you know where our guys are at right now. Tyrell Hatton, who I loved, you know, got him at 50 or so to one. Uh, Tyrell Hatton minus five uh, had a nice sixty-five to start at TPC Sutherland, uh, and you look at Hatton, and you know this is the kind of guy that maybe I mean, as I mentioned, you don't want to take him any lower really than thirty-five or T. I'm sorry, TBC Southwind. I said South Sutherland. Thinking about Donald Sutherland in backdraft, TBC Southwind, obviously in Memphis. Uh, I, I wouldn't really I, looking at, at where Hatton is going to be uh, or you know, where he was when the odds went off to start the second round, I mean, you got him at 25-1. to 1. I, I wouldn't take him now, but if you're going to take Hatton, this is the chance you have because I think he's going to have another good day on Friday, or today, and uh, I think those odds are going to go way down. Uh, just to let you know before we get to the rest of the, the guys that we have, where we're at, Siwoo Kim and J.J. Spawn with eight under-62s. They lead the way, so Heath Gall, we've taken him a couple times this year, a nice 63 for him. Uh, he is minus seven, tied for third, or excuse me, the third all by himself. JT Posted, Tony Fina. We faded Fina this week because he's won back-to-back, going back two and three weeks ago. And KH Lee, uh, also Seph Straka, all shot 64s. They are tied for fourth. And then Troy Merritt, along with my man Tyrell Hatton, Sam Burns, Ricky Fowler out of nowhere, Lee Hodges, Ryan Palmer, Michael Thompson, Jason Day, Lucas Glover, Patrick Cantlay, James Hahn are all at... Eight under or excuse me, five under sixty-fives. And taking a look at where the leaders are, odds-wise, the favorite, you know, going into Friday now with the way that he's played recently, Tony Finau at River Rivers, seven to one. Cantley is twelve to one, Sam Burns, and C. Kim also 12 to 1. John Rahm, You know, John Rahm, the form has not been great, but John Rahm's odds are always pretty low. And I, you know, Rahm tied for 30th right now, he's three under. He's five off the lead. I don't like the value at all. John Rom at sixteen to one. Then you got Cam Smith, uh, Tom Kim who won last week, Justin Thomas, Saheeth Nagal all twenty to one. Xander Shoffley, twenty two to one. Matthew Fitzpatrick and Colin Morikawa had a decent round to start it off. And our our guy Tyrell Hatton, JJ Spawn, all at twenty five to one. All right, let's take a look at where the rest of our plays are. And if you want to maybe add on now, because I always tell you, if let's say guys five six off the lead, you get the same odds that the tournament started with. But he had a solid day or maybe even better odds. Uh, vice versa, going the other way. Uh, if the odds, you know, go down a little bit, but not too much, it could be a time to make a play. I, I definitely think that if you're gonna take Hatton, you take him, but you lost half the value. Uh, but this is the time where you got it, because I believe he's gonna have a good second round, great ball striker, and that's what this course rewards. Uh, Mito Pereira, who we got at 120 to one, have a half him. He is tied for 31st along with John Rom. And a bunch of others, Colin Morikawa, included Johnny Sixty Seven. And when you look at Mito Pereira right now at Bet Rivers, this could be a play for you, sixty-six to one. If you haven't taken him yet, I think Mito Pereira is set for a big day number two. Uh, and then obviously we'll see where he's at going into the weekend, uh, and that could be an add-on for you if you didn't take him before the tournament. So Mito Pereira right there, tied for thirty-first. We also have a play on Shane Lowry. Full you to play on Lowry. Not a bad day for him. Kind of right where I've explained to you, guys that are five, six off the lead. The lead might be a little artificial. And Eight under. I mean, you got a guy JJ Spawn that's a solid player. I don't think he's going to stay up there. See, Will Kim has won tournaments before, uh, but I think the lead is going to stay where it's at. I think it's going to kind of come down to water after a group. By the way, on Thursday had a much tougher time than the morning group. So a lot of these guys that finish late will start early. Uh, and you look at Shane Lowry, two under. He is six off the lead, but he's tied for 50th and right in the position where a Good Friday. Gets him going, and you look at Lowry; he is still fifty to one, right where we basically got him at. So I think Shane Lowry is definitely an add-on for you if you haven't taken him yet. Uh, and and that's the, I think Lowry's got a great chance; one of the best Tina green guys and iron players on tour. So take a look at Shane Lowry, and then also, and luckily we got no guys that are flirting towards the bottom of the of the dish here. We did have a half unit on Harold Varner; he finished with minus uh, minus one uh 69 and you look at, at harold varner where his odds are at uh at bet rivers uh we got harold varner around 80 or so to one he's up to 200 to one and i think that you know if you're going to make a play on harold varner this is the time that's great value because the odds obviously went way back up there so harold varner at 201 would be a solid play to add on if you haven't made him yet because if he has a good day too those odds are going to get way 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 cut down uh and you won't have much, uh, option there. Now, not a great start for Sunjay M, who he had a full unit play on. He's even par, but he's not out of this thing. Tied for 78th, shot an even par 70. This guy's played so well lately. He's a great iron player. Uh, so when you look at Sunjay M and where he's at on the odds board, obviously based on the fact that he's been such a good player, he's not in the, the 200 to ones, but Matt Rivers, as I mentioned, has such great golf odds. I think they have some of the best odds out there. And obviously, I'm, you know, you can shop around. You want to shop around. We discussed the strategy of doing that on the show. But their golf odds, like they had Joaquin Neiman, one of our plays, uh, at 60-1. to 1, And Joaquin Neiman, uh, everywhere else, was like 45-1, to 47-1. to So, on James, 125-1. To me, it's definitely an add-on. He has a great day. If you haven't taken him, add-on meaning if you haven't taken him yet. If he has a great day on Friday, he could be four off the lead, three off the lead. Uh, when all is said and done, and those odds are going to go way down from 125 to one. And then as I mentioned, Joaquin Neiman, you know, he for a while in the morning was leading at four under, but then had a triple bogey that really, really hurt him. And another bogey uh, and did not finish the way that, you know, I expected him to play. And Joaquin Neiman, we'll see what happens with him going forward. He's plus one. uh, And to, to be honest, stay away from Joaquin Neiman right now. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens maybe if he has some value for the weekend. Uh, but the plus ones and the even pars, the Ims and the Rory McIlroy's there. And I told you, we're fraying a lot of the guys that haven't played in a while. The Scheffler, McIlroy, a lot of those guys did not play well. They were even par or worse. Will Al-Torres uh, one you know, won over as well. They're going to have to have good days, uh, you know, to get back in the mix uh, coming up on uh, today. Now, before we finish with the golf stuff, I just had to say, if you haven't seen this yet, and, and it's no secret I'm not a big fan of Live right now. I don't know if I ever will be. I mean, I understand why these players are taking all this, this money. But if you didn't see what Scotty Scheffler did to Cam Smith, who reportedly is going to take $100 million and after the FedEx Cup playoffs join Liv, go right to my Twitter, at DanLeach971. Because he walked right in front of his line, his putting line, completely deliberately. And you should see the reaction of Cam Smith. because You know, these guys, they never do that stuff. These are pros. They've been following the etiquette and rules of golf forever. And he walked... Cam Smith was so shocked. He's like, what? Did he really just walk in front of my line? Please watch that if you haven't seen it yet. Or just do a search for it. But It's on my Twitter. At DanLeach971. All right. And then we've got Lions football. Coming up later tonight. From Ford Field. Falcons. No Matt Ryan. Not many starters playing in this game. I mean it's it's gonna be interesting to see how the Lions tackle this game, you no, know, I guess pun intended, after the whole hard knocks thing and you know, what kind of play we get from uh from uh Aiden Hutchinson and how many how much of the starters we see uh, you know, coming up in, in this game. It's gonna be interesting because you know, Dan Campbell is not one of the kind of guys that really, like, focuses on playing starters a ton of the preseason. Certain coaches do, certain coaches don't. He's kind of, like, somewhere in the middle. Uh, You know, he's going to play Dan Campbell, the starters, early in the game. But it's not going to be long. And, of course, Aiden's definitely going to play. The Falcons' number eight pick, Drake London, is going to play. But it's going to be, you know, now that we have three preseason games, where the second game is kind of the dress rehearsal, it used to be the third, I don't think you're going to see much of the starters. So be honest, the Lions, to me, have more, way more talent than the Falcons. all about the depth. I think the Lions have a lot of guys fighting for positioning. We, not just because Hard Knocks is there. All NFL players are fighting to make a team. But I, I, the, the Lions, I think, have value in this game. I really do. Uh, they're getting one and a half. I know you have to lay the 125. I would just take the money line because both sides is minus 110. Take the Lions, you know, half unit play on the money line. It's preseason. There is some value in it. Uh, you know, in certain scenarios. I like the Lions at home. I think it'll be, a you know, a happy crowd, even though the Stars won't play much. By the way, you can get the Falcons minus 1.5 plus 102. Lions plus one 1.5 minus 125. But I like the Lions to win this game. I think you are going to have a lot of battles with the 3rd and 4th and 5th string type players. And the fact that, they, you know, Hard Knocks premiered and adds a little extra juice, the fans are going to be fired up. Uh, so I do like the Lions for a half unit play coming up later tonight, 6 p.m. from Ford Field. The total, by the way, 35.5 over minus 105 under... Minus 115. I have absolutely no opinion on the total whatsoever. By the way, there has been Sean Watson allegedly is willing to take a deal of eight games and a fine instead of risking maybe missing the entire season with the ongoing stuff going on with him in Cleveland. But it was announced he's going to start, at least start on how long he's going to play in that game against the Jaguars tonight. The Browns minus one and a half, minus 112 at Bent Rivers, Jags plus one and a half, minus 109. Money line, Cleveland minus 124 on the Jags plus 102. I'm not saying to take a a flyer on the Browns, but the fact that he is starting and has all this stuff to prove, you know, maybe a first half wager, maybe a first quarter wager uh, at Bet Rivers. uh, Just a lead for me, not an official play. Because, you know, any official play I give you, I'm betting myself. But I might decide while I'm on the plane to Vegas to, to, you know, throw something before I take off, of course, uh, because I can only bet Michigan when it comes to Bet Rivers and the apps. I might throw a little, you know, Cash on that, and then by the time I get to Vegas, uh, it'll be kickoff. So there we go with the NFL preseason lifting off. It's going to do it for the Motown betting window. Brought to you by my great friends at Bet Rivers. All right, coming up next, got a chance to talk to my man Terry Foster. It was right before the Alvila firing, so really interesting stuff on the Tigers. Talks of Michigan, Michigan State, and Lions coming on Hard knocks as well. The legend Terry Foster up next right here on the fantastic Friday edition of the Detroit City cats Brought to you by Bet Rivers. Kick off football season with Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. All season long, Bet Rivers is your go to sportsbook for all football related content. Check out BetRivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app for the latest odds, unique promotions, player props, and more. Every week, Bet Rivers has unique football specials to help you win big. Cheer on your favorite teams and back your favorite players with Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. Must be 21, playable in Michigan only. Gambling problem, call 1-800-270-7117. It just never gets any better than being with the legend, T-Foss, Terry Foster, wearing the brilliant Old English D. Uh, We're going to talk Tigers in a minute here, a little Michigan, Michigan State, but I just wanted to start with this. The fact that the Detroit Lions, they had the premiere on, on Tuesday night on Hard Rocks, Hard Rocks? they're going to have a hard rock kind of season, hard knocks. And I just, you know, you've covered this team and this city for so long, Terry. And I know the Lions kind of shied away from it during the Patricia era, but I wonder from your great perspective what you think this could possibly maybe do. I know it's just a TV show, but the country falling in love with Dan Campbell, The, the, the country falling in love with certain Lions players, them getting some momentum because they know that, The country is watching them. Could there be, and there has been in previous years, will there be a hard knocks bounce and bump for the Detroit Lions?
1: I I think so, at least mentally it will be. Now, I wanted the Lions to do hard knocks like four or five years ago. But now I understand why they didn't do it. Because I think they didn't want to show the nation that they were a clown of an organization. Right. Now, uh, they feel confident with uh, Dan Campbell that players who are buying in and I think this is going to boost the Lions and and we're going to look at them and say you know what this is a franchise that you can root for this is a franchise that has got its act together and so I think this is a great thing for the Detroit Lions well will it result in wins and losses probably not but it's going to help the perception that the Lions have nationally and more important locally yeah, Tara, I
0: think that's a great point. And, and, and they have been for so many years. And even though we all get sucked in, myself included, uh, you're too smart to get sucked in, but they have been a clown of an organization. And, and I just look at this, and like you said, it might not translate to wins and losses, but just the, it's like being on Monday Night Football. And remember when the Lions would play, like, the, you know, when they played the Raiders with Bo Jackson versus Barry Sanders, or they had that Washington Redskins you know game on national television, and obviously the Thanksgiving games. It, it really does make a difference in that sense. Those are obviously actual games. But the fact the Lions are the one focused team between now and the start of the season on a show that has won multiple awards, multiple Emmys, watched by, you know, hundreds of thousands of people around the country, and especially NFL players, I think that it really could be something that, even if it doesn't necessarily translate to the Lions having a better chance to win games, the confidence level of knowing that people have been watching them, hearing their stories, seeing what the franchises had to deal with and what they could be, you know, hopefully dealing with on a good side going forward.
1: Well, I'll tell you another thing that can happen. Free agents don't want to come here. Now, if they see hard knocks and they see that guys are buying in, that the coaches know what they're doing, maybe down the road one of the line players can talk one of his buddies into actually coming here. Right. So that that could be the long-term effect also. So there's nothing but benefits for this. Um, I mean, like, I've never believed in the Detroit Lions. I'm sort of believing in them this year. And now you're going to have other people believe that this franchise is for real, that they know what they're doing. And it's going to be very entertaining, too. It is.
0: It always is. I, I, it's, it's, it's awesome to see the premiere episode. and I, I can't wait to see what they have in store. The, the, the stories are always special. And, and listen, this is the, what matters most, the Lions in 2023. I think that, you know, I'll see if you agree with me on this. I think Brad, Cam, uh, Brad Holmes, Brad Sherlock Holmes, who, you know, is the, the GM that has made all these moves in just two years. He seems like he's the real deal. Dan Campbell, we don't know. I think this is a big year for Dan Campbell. I think the Lions have to be an improved team. Their win total at Bett Rivers and around you know the different sports books is six and a half. I, you know, I, I gave a play on six when they were six, you know, right around the draft time. But now, pretty much everywhere, their win total is six and a half. And I wonder what you think would be a successful year. You look at the schedule; it definitely sets up for the Lions to hopefully have a chance to win around seven or eight games as a ceiling, which would be double their win total last year. I mean, they were a three-win, one tie team last year. What do you think success needs to look like in year two of Campbell, year two of Holmes, and obviously not knowing if Jared Goff is the future, but having great players like Aiden Hutchinson, hopefully when Jameson Williams gets healthy, he can be a factor on the offense. Having basically a top-five offensive line, having a defense that gets Jeff Okuda back, maybe he can prove that he was worth a top-five pick a few years back.
1: What does success look like to you in year two of this regime? Success, to me, looks like growth. It's, um, you know, last year was all about motivation. Last year was about buying in. Last year was about not giving up. Now, this year, to me, should be more about half the time you walk on the field. You know the Detroit Lions are the best team on that field. And then they, they have to act like that. Success, for me, is... Seven or more. Sure. I think they're going to win seven, but I I I look at one game that I know nobody's going to give them a chance to win, but I think they may be able to pull it off, and that's at New England.
0: I, I knew you were going to say. I was just going to throw that out there. I, I agree because the right. Patriots are not – this is not your cousins' or sisters' brothers' boyfriends' Patriots.
1: Yeah, I think it's time for them to take a step back. I'm not confident that Matt Patricia is going to be their offensive coordinator or – whatever he's going to be. So I'm not confident that's going to work out. And the other thing, if you're going to beat New England, for the most part, get them early. I think they're, uh, they're, they're a team that doesn't care as much about winning in September and October as they are in November and December because they're trying to gear up for the playoffs. They're trying to gear up to make championship runs. I think it sets up well for the Lions to, to get them early and maybe get that win. And if they get it, I'm looking at the 8, 9 season.
0: Yeah, and listen, it's a great point, too, because they open up with the Eagles commanders at Vikes and home Seahawks. Three of the first four home. I think they can definitely be 2-2. and That Patriots game is week five. Could make them 3-2. and That's a great start. Like you said, could get them to an 8-9 and team. Uh, Last thing on the lines, I just want to ask you about Hutchinson. Obviously, the reports that have come out of training camp, you see on Hard Knocks, the, the kids making an impact. The players that are veterans are impressed with him. Can he be good enough to be defensive rookie of the year? Does he need to be to show he was worth taking overall number two?
1: Well, uh, when you look at the issue in the National Football League, when a defensive end or an edge rusher is taken number two, he has a better than 50% chance of being defensive rookie of the year. Um, He could could be that. He's going to get that opportunity. Uh, He looks good so far. But I want to see what he looks like against other people. Sure. Uh, I'm a little bit jaded because I can't tell you how many line players I've seen or heard look good in practice in the preseason, and then when they play somebody, they're just another guy. So I'm going to have faith in Aiden Hutchinson that um, he's different, that he is he's home, he's motivated, and um, I think he's going to have a real good season.
0: Yeah, it's kind of the Lions thing that players look great in training camp, look good in the preseason, they'll be terrible in the regular season. Hutchinson plus uh, 550 to be the best rookie of the year. At Bat Rivers, I have a plan, and I think he's definitely got a great chance. Like you said, he's got to perform, Terry. Uh, let's move into the Tigers here, and we'll start with the good, and then obviously you have to get to the bad. Lou there's Whitaker, good? beautiful. Okay. Yeah, there's 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 a, uh, just a small good thing. Lou Whitaker, beautiful ceremony. Sweet Lou, one of my all-time favorite athletes. You covered him for such a long time. Part of that dynamic, you know, historic Hall of Fame. Almost double Hall of Fame, it should be. At least Al travels in. But that incredible double-play duo. They retire as number one almost to pack Comerica Park. I just wanted to get your your feelings on what Lou Whitaker meant to the franchise and if he's going to get in the Hall of Fame eventually because we all know he should.
1: Yeah, uh, Lou Whitaker meant as much to the franchise as Alan Trammell. Um, he was a great second baseman and um, when you look at the Hall of Fame second baseman, he has a war better than 15 of the guys that are already in it. Um to me, the reason Lou Whitaker is not in the Hall of Fame is one, he didn't play in New York; b, he played for the Tigers; b, c, he was very low-key, and I just think he got passed by. The fact that on his first time on the ballot, he gets 2.9 percent of the votes—that's criminal. Um, and then he's just better numbers than Joe Morgan, Terry? Huh? Better numbers than Joe Morgan? I know. But Joe Morgan uh, was a more flamboyant guy. There's another guy that I was looking at, a guy named, uh, I think it's Joe Gordon, who played for the Yankees. He had every stat of his was worse than Lou Whitaker's, except I think he had a few more home runs. He got in. Um, It's a bunch of dudes that got in ahead of Lou Whitaker. Uh, We we have to wait till 2023. That's his next chance, and this needs to be the opportunity. And in Detroit, scream loud, long, and scream is you know the best as you can. Before twenty twenty three, this man should be in the Hall of Fame. Now if you're silent and he doesn't get in, that's on y'all. So I'm yep. saying scream for Lou Whittaker to get in.
0: It's like now nah, I know the fans can't vote, but it's like not exercising your right to vote in a, in a presidential or you know a congressional election. You have no right to say anything if you don't you know raise raise hell about that. And right. You made a you great can point about people, it. People though, yeah, and you made a great point though, Terry. If he if he was a Yankee, if he was a you know a Los Angeles Dodger, uh, you know he would have gotten in for sure. And, and the guy definitely has the numbers to do it. All right, so I mentioned that's the good, and that was a beautiful day, beautiful night at Comerica Park. But here's the bad: the team sucks. I know they've had injuries. Casey Mize is on the IL. He's out for the year. Uh, you know, obviously, they sent Spencer Storgerson back down. But this is not like year 6-7, going on 7, basically, of the rebuild, if you're generous. Could be like 7 going on 8, if you really want to look at what happened during Brad Auspice at the end of that kind of contention of, of 10 years, uh, basically, except for one year with Leland into Ospice. Al Avila, I know the, the shirts are everywhere, the Fire Avila shirts. Uh, you know, I know you, you discussed this before. I just wanted to, to get where you're at now with the Tigers. Obviously, not going to be a playoff team this year. They seem to be going backwards. Should Al Avila get fired? Should he have one more chance? There is a lot of good young talent, Jackson Job and others. Riley Green, of course, obviously, that are on this, this franchise. And Tigers Tigers haven't spent a ton of money yet. But how long is too long to trust a guy in Al Avila to, to, to rebuild this team when it seems like this is the year they should have jumped forward? Even the Orioles have. And yet the law, you know, the Tigers are going backwards.
1: Um, he should have been fired a couple of years ago. Um, when you have uh, a a World Series team, and you've got Justin Verlander and J.D. Martinez, and your job is to rebuild that team off of draft picks, rebuild rebuild that team off of free agents, and rebuild that team by trading. Justin Verlander, and J.D. Martinez, and you get nothing in return? I mean, nothing. You should have been fired then. Because the Tigers, at the very least, this year should have been a 500 team. At the very least. Right. They got six players uh, for J.D. Martinez and Justin Verlander, and none of them are helping. None of them are with the parent club. You go 0 for 6, in my mind, see it. You're done. Um, And I'm not just looking at this season. A lot of people, when they talk about this season, they talk about the injuries. And the injuries, to me, um, are a non-factor because they started out poorly before the injuries set in. The injuries were in the pitching staff, which held up for the most part. They couldn't hit. So, um, you know, I I, I just don't look at um, injuries as an excuse. Now, I'm looking at the totality of, Of the last six years. Since 2016, the Tigers have the worst record in the American League East. I think they have the second worst record in the American League. They've won 38% of their games. That is pathetic. That's almost down to Matt Millen territory, who won 29% of his games when he was GM for the Lions. So... That is embarrassing, and I tell you, uh, let me let me just get this off my chest. Here's something that really pissed me off. Please do. When uh, they talked to Chris Illich, and they asked him about the rebuild, he said he was very pleased with the rebuild, very pleased. To me, that tells me that's a guy that doesn't care. I. This tone deaf, and that's a guy that has no intentions of getting rid of Al Avila. That's what made me the, the most angry in this whole thing, besides the losing.
0: Terry, this is how good you are. I literally was just going to say, even maybe the more important question is, is does Chris Illich care? And you just answered it. And, and to me, and, and I know that, you know, listen, you got to put on a good face sometime when you're the owner of a team. And he's not his father as it needs to be. I'm not trying to compare him to Mike Illich, you know, the late, great Mike Illich. But to me, it just seems like he doesn't care. That if he did care, six, seven years of a rebuild where the team is going backwards. And as you mentioned, Alvila, going back to when they did have pieces like Justin Mar- uh, Justin Verlander and Janie Martinez, the trades he made this year, the deadline or lack thereof. I mean, nothing. Robbie Grossman and, and, and Fulmer uh, and not really getting anything from them. I know Fulmer is going to be gone anyway, probably. But still, I mean, how much longer do you let this thing go before you look like not only do you not care, but why are fans even going to trust in the franchise and spend their money on season tickets and go to Comerica Park and even dream and hope of days and nights like we had last Saturday where the park's almost sold out, they're retiring Lou Whitaker's number. It feels like a playoff game, even though they're so far away from that. How much longer can that go on, Terry?
1: Well, I don't know. It shouldn't be going on any further. Um, He allowed Al to make the trades this year to, uh, you know, uh, work the draft. To me, that's not a guy that's leaving. I would have got rid of his butt before the draft, before free agency, before the trade deadline. Uh, he's here. He's your guy. But I I, I think there's got to be fatigue with Tiger fans. Now, the Go. proper way to build a team is through the draft, uh, smart free agency, Um but in order to do that do you trust al Avila, who basically is starting all over to try to do this at best it's another four to five year process now do you trust ala al to do that and can tiger fans put up with another five years of losing or playing before uh, playing below 40 percent baseball and a part of me is wondering do you just do everything the wrong way do you just sign high-priced free, agent, free agents the best you can? Do, do things that uh, the smart GM said that's not the way to do it. Just, just go willy-nilly and throw money around and see what strikes. Because this fan base is already fed up. Chris Illich said the rebuild is over. We know it's not. <laughs> not too so close. The rebuild to me, it's like it's starting all over again. Yeah, Terry, it's, here. it's, have the it's to go another
0: five years. Yeah, it's not. And that's such a great point because you look at it like this Pistons, obviously, they were no man's land forever. They bring in Troy, the Dreamweaver, and, and things are obviously on the up and up. And it looks like they can be a team that's, you know, long term, viably contention based, you know going forward. Lions, same thing. The Patricia era terrible. They bring in Brad Holmes, Dan Campbell. We don't know if he's the right coach right yet, and obviously it's early in Holmes' tenure, but it looks like they're on the rise. They've got the right pieces. You know, the Red Wings, Stevie Y. It's been four or five years, but it's going to, you know, I'd rather them be better, you know, and getting better for three or four or five years and then good for 10 or 15, but this would be like a, a, doing that again. Like, Elvis had six, seven years, and then you have to rebuild again? That's that's too much for me, and you mentioned right. fatigue, Terry, by the Tigers fans, I know so many different people, you know, whether it's friends of mine or people that have listened to me for years, people that I'm friends with on Facebook, you know, through, you know, the jobs that I've done that have given up their season tickets that love going to Tigers games, but like, you know, are are just depressed because they go and there's 10,000 people there. It's not the same type of thing. People still love this franchise, Terry, but you're right. How much longer can it go on where you can sell a bill of goods that's totally BS and say, oh, well, you know, the rebuild, uh, it's great, but we got to do it again. Like, you, you can't right. keep lying to your fan base. And,
1: and you know what? This is a very patient baseball town. This is it is. It's a patient sports town. If the Tigers were hovering around 500, we wouldn't be saying anything. We wouldn't be saying fire Al Avila. Although, he's had time to build a team that can at least contend for the American League East title. I mean, not the East, but the Central title. Right. This is a garbage division. It's not good. You don't have the Yankees. You don't have Tampa in there. You don't have, you know, you don't have the Dodgers in there. The best team is Minnesota, and they're pedestrian at best. Whoever wins the Central and makes it in the playoffs is going to get, they're going to get broomed out of the playoffs <laughs> so quickly. It's going spinning. So the Tigers have the worst record from these nobodies. The last six years,
0: that's unacceptable. It is. Uh, T-Swiss, before we get out of here, I want to ask you a Michigan-Michigan State question. It's always the best to talk to you. You know, on a good note, the season's starting. We're a few weeks away from college football. It's always one of my favorite times of the year. You know, we know it's just a poll, and it's a coach's poll, which even means less to me than the AP poll, because at least, you know, those are writers that are doing research. A lot of times the college football coach coaches give an assistant or some grad assistant the, the ballot to vote for that. But Michigan is ranked sixth coming off the college football playoff appearance, and the Spartans ranked 14th. Michigan lost a lot on defense. They don't know who their quarterback is, but, of course, they have a ton of talent. Michigan State, a ton of transfers. Obviously, Mel Tucker has shown that he can win big games. Are the Wolverines too high Are the Spartans too low? Or where are you at with the, the Wolverines and Spartans? That's well, all we
1: have right now is a poll. Let me say this. 90% of the time, Michigan is ranked too high because <laughs> that brand is so strong that um, no matter what happens, Michigan is going to be ranked ahead of Michigan State. No matter what happens when they play, Michigan is going to be favored against Michigan State. During the time when State won 10 of 14 games, do you know how many times they were favored? I think, what, twice? Three times? Zittos. None. (laughs) They were always the underdog. uh, Because we just assume Michigan is always better um, and that they're going to beat Michigan State. So, um, and I think, you know, it's not just here. I mean, like... Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. It's the same thing there. Whenever right. they play, Oklahoma's almost always the favorite, no matter what. Washington, Washington State, when they play Washington is, is the program with the pedigree. They're going to be favorite most of the time. So, um, And that's the same in this state. You don't quite look at Michigan State as on par with Michigan. It's not quite the premier program that Michigan is. And I think a lot of that has to do with our perceptions from the 70s, the 80s. Sure. We still got Bo in the back of our mind. <laughs> so, um, but that I think that's what Mel, but you know what? And part of that is Michigan State's fault because they've had coaches that just say, oh, you know, we're just here to compete and we want to do the best we can. Mel Tucker's saying, this, the hell with that. Yeah. Like Spartan dogs. Last year, they won 11 games, and he's saying, we didn't do anything. They beat Michigan. He's saying, we didn't do anything. So he's putting it out there that Michigan State has the right to dream of winning a Big Ten title, just like Michigan does, just like sort of Ohio State does, but like anybody else in the Big Ten. They have that aspiration, and that's what they're going to go for. So I applaud him for at least bringing a different mindset to Michigan State football. And uh, he's recruiting better than um, I can remember the Spartans doing. I mean, he's getting four and five stars, and that's something Michigan State didn't get. What they got is a two and three stars.
0: And D'Antonio turned them into five stars.
1: He, yeah, he turned them into five stars. He, they, these guys would be pissed off. I mean, I had a good conversation with um, William Goldstein. Goldstein, who was uh, who played for Michigan State when yep. he was with Tampa. And he told me, man, those dudes are First of all, they're pissed off that Michigan didn't want them. They're pissed off Ohio State didn't want them. And they come in with a chip on their shoulder. And they come with the mindset, if nothing else, we're going to kick Michigan's ass. And then we're going to beat everybody else. We're going to try to do the best we can against Ohio State. So, And so far, it's worked.
0: Yeah, relatively, uh, you know, same schedule, but the oddsmakers don't really, and the oddsmakers don't, that doesn't mean anything to the players and the coaches out there, but the state, their win total is 7.5. Michigan did come off a, a playoff of berth and has a ton of talent. Their win total is 9.5, and then to win it all, Michigan State is 150-1. to The Wolverines 50-1, to so that's just the way it goes, but they like that underdog rolling. Maybe Terry, Mel Tucker has got this right thing brewing, kind of like how you know, you look at Ann Arbor, Jawan Howard, you know, Beeline never got the four or five stars. Jawan Howard is. Could he coach them? And he's obviously proven that he can for the most part. Mark D'Antonio never got the four or five stars. He proved he could turn the two and threes into four and fives. Maybe Tucker Tucker's going to be able to get the four and five stars. If he can coach them, State's going to be right there with Michigan and Ohio State as one of the, you know, three programs, Penn State as well, that can be, you know, big dogs in the Big Ten for several years to come. And that's kind of what he's going to try to do there.
1: Yeah. When I look at the Big Ten, I mean, Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan State, and Penn State, they basically have a three- to four-game schedule. It's when they play each other. When you play Iowa, Purdue, Northwestern, Illinois, you expect to win at least 80% of the time. Yep, and you do. And you do. Now... Your season is you got to beat Michigan, you got to beat Michigan State, Ohio State and Penn State. So, and the pecking order the last few years has been Ohio State, Michigan State, Michigan and Penn State. So, yeah. if you can go 3 and 1 or 4 and 0 against them, you're all set. And and look at Michigan State. Michigan State season wasn't screwed up last year because they lost 50 to 6 to Ohio State or wherever it was. This season was screwed because they lost to Purdue.
0: Uh, those yep, are they- in a game that they should not have lost. They were on right. target to, you know, win the Big Ten possibly at least have a chance at it. And that game was embarrassing if you're a Spartan fan. Of course, Michigan took advantage of beating the Buckeyes. But, yeah, you, Mel Tucker's not going to – if he's going to take this Spartan team, Terry, this program, and turn them into what Michigan was last year with the Buckeyes have been, you know, even to a degree Penn State has been without winning the Big Ten and going to the playoff – He's got to. They can't lose those kind of games, which Michigan State historically has.
1: No, if Michigan State doesn't lose the Purdue game, I mean, do they go to the college football playoffs? It's very possible. Yeah, even though they lost Ohio State, they Michigan and and uh, Michigan State would they have beat
0: Michigan. Game. I was there. But Michigan
1: State beat Michigan, so.
0: You know, I can't, well, it's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait. And, of course, you know, Michigan State opens up against Western Michigan on September 2nd. And the Wolverines will be there in the big house. i going to take you to games here, Terry. Uh, I'm going to cover more
1: live games this year. Uh, you, I want to take
0: you to a Michigan game. Okay, fine. Me and the Doc, we got tons of tailgates. I'll get you a scooter. We'll scoot around to the different tailgates. You know, burgers and brats and, and beers and whatever you want. go to
1: Michigan Alcorn State. I want a real opponent in there, all right? No,
0: I will bring you—listen, I, w- I would never bring you to Michigan. They're, they're not playing Steve McNair's old school. But I'll take you to, like, uh, the Penn State game, which is going to be a maze-out. Maybe okay. the Michigan State game. Maybe Nebraska. I'll take you to a good game.
1: Okay. And I, um, my son has a friend who plays for Kansas. If this was a basketball game, this would be great. We're going to Duke at Kansas, but it's going. To be- <laughs> oh,
0: hey, listen. You know Duke's been okay at football. Kansas still sucks. I know Les Miles was there, but uh, you know they're still one of the worst teams in the country. That could be an interesting game. I mean, you give me maybe a forty to thirty-five type game there.
1: I right, I enjoy that, but we're going to fly to Kansas City, then we're going over to Lawrence, and we're going to see his boy play. I'll tell you, that's
0: what I enjoy, is any uh, time I get to talk with you. I know, by the way, before we get out of here, you, you moved B in to his own apartment for the first time ever at college. That's a big deal.
1: We uh, we moved some stuff in last weekend. Tomorrow, we're going to move the rest of the stuff in, and I'm going to show the boy how to do some easy, delicious cooking recipes. That's Yes. The dad.
0: And <laughs> how many years uh, away are we from Celine, your daughter, being president? Like 15 or 20, something like that?
1: uh yes no no i think we got 11. we got 12 yeah. more years of sanity insanity and then she'll come in and be president I, love no, I, don't Carrie, think, I don't know if she's interested in that now she's talking about uh she's a very restless person she's talking about going to hollywood and being a screenwriter now
0: she listen i don't care what she chooses to do she's going to excel at it and you and abs your great wife did an incredible job with her and of course b as well and I know that they're going to both make you super proud they already are. And uh, can't thank you enough, as always. Can't wait to see you soon. We're definitely going to get to the Michigan game and many other things. And uh, I just uh, – I love you, man. Thanks so much for the time.
1: All right, buddy boy. Love you, too. And I can't wait to see the Wolverines live.
0: Great stuff, as always, from T. Foss. I just love that man. He's one of my heroes, guys. a guy that I looked up to when I started in the business, before I got in the business. One of the reasons I got into the business, and now to be able to have him come on my show – and have a, you know, a personal relationship with Terry as well means the world to me. He's going to be involved with our WHMI uh, High School Football Games of the Week as well, so look forward to that. Thanks again to Terry Foster, and thanks again to you. Have a great weekend. Watch my Twitter. If I have any plays that I'm going to add on with golf or anything else, as always, at danleach 971 We'll recap my whole adventure to Vegas. Always a great time there on the Manic Monday Show. Until then, have a great weekend. He reached for the stars. Believe in the dream. Dan Leach, the Squatch, on the freight train to Vegas. Out.